Hi, welcome to Dizzy Friends. Uh, for new listeners, this is a podcast about Turkish TV series, aka Dizzy's. Uh, we are Eda and Maha, uh, two friends who met through Dizzy's. And today's episode is going to be about kissing scenes in Dizzy's. Hi, Maha. Hi. Hi, Eda. So, um, yeah, throughout the course of Dizzy history, I think there have been many, many unforgettable kissing scenes. But today's episode is not uh, to swoon over uh, those scenes, but we want to kind of um, explore how those scenes have been uh, serving uh, the like Dizzy industry, and how far intimacy in disease has come or has it come far or is it going backwards because of censorship in Turkey and uh, how the use of kissing scenes uh, uh, have changed over the years uh, generally because like our views on intimacy uh, have changed over the years so I think that has uh, affected the way these scenes take place in disease. Mm-hmm. So, Maha, my first question to you, what do you think is, like, what is, to you, what is intimacy? What is romance? Ah, oh, that's such a good question. Um, So I think to <laughs> me, uh, intimacy is different levels. So there's physical intimacy, there's emotional intimacy, and there's the mind intimacy when you're clicking with someone, when you're talking about things that you enjoy. And I think uh, intimacy when done right in cinema or in, in disease or when you're watching them is when they're able to build on all these different types of intimacy and sequencing them in that right way. And so folks feel that they are connected to the story, connected to the couple, and that you can see that progress and you can live those layers of intimacy through them. And in terms of uh, romance as well, I think uh, we are missing romance in our everyday life, right? So romance is those moments in time where there are softer moments, whether it's um, going to a coffee shop, whether it's listening to music, whether it's having those small moments. And I think people come and seek them on the screen because we've lost those romantic or uh, moments in our life. But I'd love to hear also what you think intimacy and romance is. Yeah, I think uh, in like in general, in life, I think uh, intimacy is about like two people being really close, mm-hmm. uh, not just for a proximity, but also like their souls, their like worldviews, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I completely agree with you when you said romance, we have less romance in our lives now. This is something we talked about with you. Like, I think this is the reason um people have started to romanticize everyday life because we have we don't have enough of we don't have enough uh, romance in our lives so we started to romanticize everything because i think it's a good thing it's i i really enjoy that type of content where like uh i don't know it's just an autumn leaf is just flying in the wind and there's music and because we don't have that anymore like um and we lack that also in cinema and in disease and and in content so i i love the type of uh content um i think um i'd like to also say that uh intimacy in cinema and in disease and in um even in social media i think is kind of weaponized Mm -hmm. And in it, it's being used in very in ways that I don't approve of, <laughs> just to yeah. shock people or to get viewers to to get more viewers. Uh, uh, like uh, and uh, a lot of there's a lot of we always keep saying this in all episodes about some disease that there is a lot of toxic characters. There is a lot of toxicity, um, which is kind of. Um, like with shock value, I think they're trying to uh, pull more viewers to their projects. And what I like uh, to see as intimacy in, I don't know, stories is when it's um, it serves a purpose. 
to it serves the story and when if when it is <clears throat> they build up to it in in some ways uh so yeah i that's that's my that would be my definition of um good intimacy <laughs> let's say agreed and i think um on the note of of how things have changed and how disease we've talked about that before um could you share a little bit about um the history of Artuk and, and a little bit about what we were discussing about how that's influenced the way these scenes come up through disease? Yeah, I think um, I see a lot of that on uh, social media. <clears throat> First of all, <laughs> like there is censorship in Turkey for people who don't know this, for, for people who don't know a lot about Turkey and who are new to disease. Um, there there is uh, the um, institution is called Turkish Radio and Television Supreme Council. Council when we uh, when I translated its uh, abbreviation is Rutuk R T U K, it's spelled, and uh, Rutuk basically uh, monitors the content of uh, media, mm -hmm. uh, media content, and uh, they are the ones who decide if. If uh, there needs to be any censorship, if there is any harmful media, they uh, intervene. And over the years, uh, some disease and still uh, receive fine, even fines. Uh, sometimes it's just uh, they just uh, send a um, note <laughs> saying, like, be better. <laughs> right. But sometimes they just uh, give a fine, like, a, like a, it's a financial... Uh, thing it becomes a, a, a burden to some projects and uh, production houses uh, when uh, uh, they receive a huge fine over an episode or it's basically a scene which is very usually they are usually either intimate scenes or violent scenes if, if they it can be and sometimes people even protest saying like there's a lot of violence why are not they why 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 aren't they giving fines to those violent scenes but to intimate scenes? And the reply for that is very clear because Rutuk, I think this is not an official thing, but I think Rutuk just works off of complaints from uh, the public. They it's it would be impossible for them to watch everything and see everything and be everywhere. They're like <laughs> they're not God. <laughs> So um, they they just like uh, work off of complaints. And I think they receive, because the Turkish uh, political climate uh, is now more conservative and our, even our government is conservative, uh, they choose to concentrate more on uh, like complaints about um, intimacies, <laughs> which is, uh, which, I don't know. You you either agree or you don't agree, but it's it's the reality. So, mm -hmm. and this this government has been uh, is more than twenty years old. So uh, when uh, dizzy lovers discover older disease, they will see bolder intimate scenes, uh, which goes to show how how far we haven't come. <laughs> but like jokes aside yeah this is the reality that, that there is censorship in turkey and uh it's it's it might be affecting the way uh stories are being um written or shot yeah on that note of what you're saying about people giving complaints um and i wonder and i do think maybe it's society then there is this view so i've noticed in when it's um when the protagonist is sleeping or having an intimate scene with a fallen character or the the third triangle so for example Fatih in Kizlik Sherbati they actually showed the scene where he was uh cheating on Doya in there was no complaints and 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 I've seen also older dizzies I was telling you about I don't remember the name of the dizzy but the main couple didn't even kiss but the brother of the protagonist was like sleeping with a married woman or something and they showed that scene with no um like they, they, it was not a rush scene. Let's say that. And 
I wonder if then people then don't see it in a negative light or they just are like expecting this is a bad character. They're going to do bad things. So we're not as upset about it versus like if we're loving the heroine and like, why is she being kissed or why is there a scene like that? It'd be interesting to see if that's the case. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think uh, that kind of um, that kind of applies to my uh, theory of uh, Richard working off of uh, complaints. complaints. People don't really uh, like, uh, uh, and that's also how uh, intimate scenes are sometimes weaponized because they yeah. uh, they want to show us a character is evil or is immoral yeah. or yeah. unworthy of uh, like love, and they right. use an intimate scene where she's trying to seduce the like hero or right. seduce the protagonist or mm -hmm. the main love interest, etc. Yeah. So that's Mm, that's that's a way they use intimacy uh and that's uh probably Richuk uh doesn't like receive any uh complaints over those scenes because people like see those scenes as uh like they don't really care about those that third woman or that uh female character enough to uh file a complaint over whereas it when it's the uh, main leads uh, it's it's a different story when they are interacting um we talked about this with you about Sanchal Kapuma yep. the like the bathtub scene which at the time received a fine I think from uh, Rutuk uh, and because Sanchal Kapuma was had a huge audience not just in Turkey but internationally that bathtub scene in the hotel with uh, Sarkan and Eda was uh, very huge like people reacted a lot to it and I think that's the reason Rutuk heard of it and just immediately uh, like announced that uh, there was going to be a fine over it. And uh, when I come to think of it today, like um, three years later, I think, I, I can kind of see uh, <laughs> why some people uh, were not happy with it. Like uh, not the censorship, I mean, uh, I mean, the like content of the scene, some people, why would anyone, because at the time I thought, why would anyone call Rutuk? over a scene mm -hmm. like this. But now when I look back, I'm not a parent, but if I was a parent and a mm -hmm. scene came out with at nine o'clock uh, at prime time with a second and Eda in a bathtub, uh, not really doing much, just the, there was just this um, sense of sexiness that they wouldn't, they, they can never be that explicit on TV. Uh, mm -hmm. But like the scene served no purpose. It was full fan service. Like, uh, like it it came out of nowhere. Like <laughs> I remember <laughs> it being. I was like, what is this? Like, all of a sudden they decide to uh, have a bath. Like uh, Sarkan, you smell so terrible. Let's go and uh, take a bath. Like <laughs> this, it it made no sense. And like all those like uh, poses Hande was giving be behind the steamy like um shower glass uh like uh i don't know it was it looks funny when i look back but at the time i was very passionate about it and i was like how can they, they find Sancho kapuma this is like censorship has gone too far but again when i come to it now it it had no like it had no purpose other than yeah. uh, just serving the fans so yeah i it's uh, you had a great example about uh cinema like uh, I know you studied cinema, so uh, can you you can tell uh, can you tell us about it? Sure, I'm dusting off the um, from the books of my past. But um, <laughs> so uh, you know, speaking of censorship, this is also not new. Like there's censorship across the world in different places, but in America specifically, in the 40s, there was something called the Hayes Production Code, and the Hayes Production Code was censorship over any type of passionate scene. So. Um, if you were portraying a married couple, they had to be in separate beds. If the, like, let's say the heroine was sick and she was on bed and the and the male was taking care of her, sitting next to her, he had to have one foot on, on the ground. But um, specifically when it came to kissing scenes, um, they it could not be more than three seconds. And in um, 1942, 
uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, actually uh, recorded the longest kiss in the history of movies um, using a technique that they couldn't really find him. So he got around it by this movie has Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman. And the scene starts where they are walking and they're kissing and they're talking and they're pausing and they're doing all these things, but they're kissing between each sentence. And the result was it was a, uh, under all, almost three minute scene. Um, and, and he got around the uh, code that way because they couldn't really find him because he technically didn't break the rule. They were under three seconds each kiss, but there was just a lot of them. Brilliant. Yeah. And I love I love these little gems you uh, give to us uh, about like cinema history on each episode. I'm, I'm sure our listeners are appreciating it as well. Um, so yeah, we wanted to give a, Quick mention to uh, internet Ozel scenes, which uh, because of censorship, uh, I think it was Sanchalk, not Kiralik um, Ashk. The mm -hmm. dizzy that first did it is was Kiralik Ashk, um, which came out in 2015. Uh, yeah, 2015. And Kiralik Ashk uh, did it for the first time. They had a an intimate scene and they couldn't show it on public television on uh when it was airing live but they kept it for uh youtube and that was probably uh like before that uh youtube uh had clips of disease etc but the um wheel count accounts were not so huge because people usually watch disease live but with that uh, clip being uh, aired on YouTube, like posted on YouTube, uh, with the scene more explicit than it was. I mean, I mean, it wasn't too explicit, but it was different from the original live one. And so people uh, have discovered YouTube, I think, uh, in a different way. And they started to see uh, YouTube in a different light. And they started to frequent YouTube for dizzy content more. So yeah, uh, and to this day, I think some dizzies still do it. They uh, they would air a different scene, and uh, on live television, and then on the internet, uh, they will put a clip with additional seconds or the scenes they had to cut, and an uncut version maybe. But I think you had something to say about this in. Uh, because Turkish dizzies are being sold uh, outside of Turkey, they are doing something else there. What are they doing, Maha? So this started, I think, back in 2020 that people first started noticing. So when the dizzy is airing in different countries, they keep the scenes that they cut. So sometimes, the, like the first one was by by Enlish. There was a scene in there where it wasn't in on the internet. There wasn't an Ozel for it, but when people aired in Romania, I think, or some Eastern European country, there was an extra scene there. But the one that, and then the same thing happened also with Sonia's, with Tuzak. But the funny one is, was the Marashli scene. So um, I don't know if you all remember, but the Marashli, uh, there was an episode when they, uh, uh, everyone thought there was some kind of intimate kiss, their first kiss, something intimate happened in episode, I don't remember, it was 14. And then um, Burak Denise got COVID and the the uh, episode got pushed two weeks in and it was aired during Ramadan. So it had the most awkward cut. Nobody knew what happened in that scene. People were convinced something happened. No one knew. The series ended and everybody's like, this is like the mystery. No one knows. Then the DZ aired in, I think, Romania or something or Bulgaria, one of those countries. And people were freaking out on the timeline. They started showing there was a scene and they showed that they were actually kissing and it was getting a little bit heated. And they were like, but it was also awkwardly cut. And they're like, there's something off. And then the, when the series finally reached Latin America or South America and it aired in Chile, I believe, um, they showed the full scene and it was a little bit spicier than what people thought. And it was, uh, I remember the, the, it, the Disneyland Twitter was just that it, I just kept seeing the scene over and over. People were just really excited about it. And it's an example of like how something so small that was part of the plot became such a, a momentum um, uh, event as part of this Disney watching experience because of the cutting of the scenes. Yeah. I remember what, watching it on live and he comes to the bathroom she comes to the bathroom door 
He's yes. in the bathroom looking at the mirror and they're both you like there is this uh, rise to something yes. you know something is gonna happen but, yes. but then he comes to the bathroom she comes to the bathroom door and then cut like the cut felt so um sloppy like it was very because she asked and yeah she yeah, asks him like yeah. are you okay and he's like deal him i'm not good bayan and then you see him make a movement and then it cuts to najati and everybody's like no one wants to see najati no one cares about najati right now it was so funny and like as you said when it ended up on the like on my timeline someday because someone from uh romania shared it or whatever uh, yeah. thanks to them whoever yeah. shared it because i was shocked to my core i was expecting a kiss i i knew they cut something intimate there because because there was this build up to some intimacy like it was either going to be a kiss or something <laughs> but like when i saw the original thing at the uncut uh thing i was i was like shocked to my core i was like this is so good and uh but like understandably it it, it was uh near ramadan or in ramadan airing and like they just, just they just uh, they just said we don't want to pay the fine i guess <laughs> sure <laughs> because yeah. sometimes they go for it like sometimes they're like we'll air it come on and and yeah. the the ad revenue will just make up for the fine sometimes they go for it but they didn't so yeah i don't know what was happening maybe they didn't have enough budget at that time but this is an example you know how you were talking earlier about like there's sometimes kiss scenes that feel contrived and if they're not part of the plot this one was actually interesting because it showed his character losing control for the first time since like the, the start of the dz and it was enjoyable to finally watch it because not because they were also uh, it was a very sexy scene but because it just it was part of the plot device i'm gonna stop because exactly you know, I can go on exactly. about more ashley forever so i'll give it to you to talk about something else. We, we we will have a we will have an episode we will have an episode for it we we, <laughs> we need to <laughs> all or uh, our like marash the fandom deserves it yes so um yeah when we think about kissing scenes, though, uh, we should uh, consider that through the genres, they are used in different ways. Like in dramas, uh, there's usually a buildup to kissing scenes, which I very much prefer. Uh, but in rom-coms, uh, there's this notion that I I will leave to you to talk about, that, that there's this, um, I think it started with Kiralukash, Mm -hmm. where they in the first episode in a way like not in a very romantic way but they kind of the two uh, like the protagonists are brought together in a kiss uh sometimes not even a good kiss like uh it's a forced kiss etc and then they build up to the second kiss so the most important kiss is the second kiss not the first kiss because the the the, the true kiss of love is not the first one uh so yeah wanna you wanna tell us about it a little bit because i know it's your specialty and your favorite writer <laughs> of all time one of my favorites, of my favorites not my favorite, i know yeah. i know I'm, i was just being ironic yes <laughs> i know our my favorite, favorite. by no, far but, like no yeah but all joking aside all respect to aisha kutlu but aisha kutlu is the the uh writer who wrote erkinchi kush who wrote uh central Kapchima, and then uh Sendaha Guzel and then the Ruhun Duimaz. Um, and is the first dizzy that she she um had, it made sense. And Erkinchi er Kush, they kissed at the scene. The whole premise was she kissed the stranger that she is attracted to and didn't know who he was. And then she found out later that it's her boss. So it made sense there. But I think in the other dizzies, it became kind of like almost her signature that she wanted to add in there. And I think in some cases it was successful and in others like Ada said it felt contrived in what you're mentioning with Karalik Ishk and I just remembered actually in Kara Para Ishk there were two scenes where there was a forced kiss but it made sense as part of the plot so in Karalik Ishk um, she was like you were mentioning to me she was a waitress she didn't know if he remembered her and then he suddenly became her boss in Kara Para Ishk she was um, 
Elif was, uh, who was played by Tuba, she was trying to get away from the mafia. She was telling the mafia, I'm with this cop. He's actually my boyfriend. And they were like, prove it or we're going to kill your sister. So she had to kiss him basically to prove to the to the mafia that he they he was her boyfriend. And it was awkward and it was not meant to be romantic at all, but it was a plot device. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... It's good that you reminded me. Yeah, Karaparashk also had it. So true. If, even if it wasn't a rom-com, it was a drama. Um, mm -hmm. it, as a plot device, I think sometimes it really works. Mm -hmm. it, it does. Um, we should talk about also how kissing scenes are being used in digital projects. Yeah. Because uh, I think because uh, in Turkey, like paper, they are also paid platforms like we uh, they are like Rutuk is uh, a bit more loose with them I, uh, so there are there's more intimacy in digital projects in Turkey uh, but still um, in it's interesting how they feel even more awkward even though they have more freedom they feel more awkward uh, in digital projects like the intimacy is feel really awkward and uh, we were talking about this earlier, like uh, it's probably my theory, again, it's, uh, it could be wrong, but my theory is that because they are like in disease, the actors get to spend more time with each other. So they are, they, they are like more, maybe they become closer. So the intimate scenes usually feel uh, more natural, like, my, like more organic, but like in, uh, in digital projects, uh, they usually have a few weeks to shoot a season, so uh, they they probably don't get enough time to uh, build that um, kind of chemistry. Uh, or maybe it's just Netflix's way of uh, showing intimate scenes. Maybe it's a it's an artistic. Uh, strategic uh, thing where they just want the <laughs> intimate scenes to be more awkward. Right. <laughs> like, um, tell us a little. I I haven't seen it, but you have seen uh, Kavanchan Baron's a new movie, um, Last Call for Istanbul. I think. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts? Because I saw a lot of people on social media making fun of their vertical sex scene, which isn't even a sex scene. I think, but like, and it's an intimate scene. I think. Uh, where they are making love or uh, but like a lot of people were making fun of it in Turkey at least like uh, what yeah. did you think well let's start off with I am very very biased when it comes to Biran and Kevanj because I think they have this chemistry that's once in a lifetime type of chemistry they like work well off of each other and I could watch them just do anything like they could just be reading a poster on the wall and I'd be happy but in this scene I think it was it was an awkward sex scene, but I think there was a, as part of the plot, and I don't want to ruin the plot for folks who haven't watched it yet, it makes sense if you wanted to excuse it that why it was awkward and the way it was, but it is typical, unfortunately, of Netflix that there's a lot of scenes I feel like they have awkward sex scenes, whether it is like they don't show anything and it's just very weird, like what happened in Last Call of Istanbul, or the opposite, where I've seen scenes where you're like, why are these people like having sex right now it makes no sense and what is happening but I think in in specifically with the last call uh, for Istanbul people were able to overcome that like I've seen other people who've reviewed the movie people who are not Turkish um, from different genres and they were just really commenting on the chemistry and the click that this couple had that they felt like this these people knew each other forever and it just worked and people wanted to see them on the screen together Be so because it was uh, Kivanch and Baron, yes, people would um, excuse it, but th like th they didn't like the scene, but they excuse it because of how much they love these two uh, actors together. True, true, yeah. But like, uh, I think uh, I'll I'll watch it, but like uh, on a lot of uh, Netflix movies and series, Turkish mm -hmm. I think chemistry was a huge problem. Yeah. Um, but like uh, I don't know if it can be improved in any way because like um, it's, it's, maybe it is just something uh, that they 
um they as i said it's maybe it's just a choice not uh and in their eyes maybe it's not even a problem but as a viewer i don't like the intimate scenes on netflix projects. no yeah uh, they usually feel really out of place and, and the actors contrived. seem really yeah they the actors seem really uh unhappy <laughs> in those scenes so yeah. we, we will mention uh, later, uh, like we will come to the intimacy coordinator uh, factor, like that that in, on a lot of international projects, they are using intimacy coordinators on sets to shoot these scenes. Um, but before we come to that though, uh, you wanted to also mention daily dramas. I'm not very well informed about them, but like I think you are better suited to talk about this. Uh, how are uh, daily dramas using intimate scenes? Because they take like they are being aired during the day. <laughs> right. So they <laughs> are the polar opposite of Netflix, right? So while Netflix has contrived sexy, the, the these daily dramas, there's not even any kissing scenes. Like at, at most, there's like a kiss on the cheek. But what I've noticed is there is a phenomenon that started with Imanet, which was airing, um, I think, in the last two, three years. And now the new one is the Khan Shish Kilere. And I, I jokingly call it, it's like the daily herja, daily drama of Herjai. It has similar uh, plots and, and, and uh, locations as the Herjai Dizi that was filmed. And um, even though there's no kissing, there's plenty of moments where people can feel intimate and, and keep the viewers hooked. Um, I've noticed always that whenever there's these internet lists that come out of top couples most talked about on, um, on social media, it's always the couples from these daily dramas are always high up on there. I know folks from the Middle East and Latin America and others, they love talking about these couples and they're very popular on Instagram. You'll find a lot of edits for them. You'll find a lot of... Um, uh, you know, not just edits, but like actual scenes translated uh, in, in with English subtitles and Spanish and other languages to get people to watch that dizzy through Instagram. And um, what's interesting about it is they focus, they use the music. It's the idea that the plot is slower so they can focus a little bit on building that intimacy, the slow glance, the hand holding, the kind of almost kisses, the um, very kind of hearing their internal thoughts they're looking at each other and the soundtrack is usually very um dramatic and so i think it works and it, it it's clicking with folks in a certain way that's actually making it more popular than some of the movies that are airing on netflix like we were talking about earlier yeah a lot of people watch them including yeah. my mother they, they they love these um daily dramas Mm -hmm. Another thing we wanted to talk about is um, uh, social, like you wanted to mention book talk uh, yeah. and its obsession with late obsession with disease. Mm -hmm. And um, we can, can like, you want to talk about it and then maybe we'll uh, come to generally how social media sees and uses disease and disease edits. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add on BookTok beyond what we've talked about. If you all remember from mm -hmm. our first episode that they have all gotten introduced to DZ, the Dizzy world through Erkinchi Kush um, edits and a lot of the romance writers started watching DZs. I think there was an article that they had had a few months ago um, interviewing some of these authors and, and, and at, talking to them. And I think what they were saying is there's this the trope, what we were just talking about with the daily dramas is this trope of the slow glances, the slow burn, the uh, taking mm -hmm. the taking its time that a lot of people are missing and folks on book talk who read romance novels who are interested in that um, are really yearning for those types of um, watching experiences yeah a lot of people discover disease through uh i know a lot of my dizzy friends uh discovered uh disease through social media and dizzy edits they found on youtube especially and i see this in a lot of comment sections in uh, dizzy edits on uh, youtube whereas people are asking each other oh, what is this dizzy i want to find it and watch it and i also i myself although i don't discover disease through edits uh, because I'm Turkish, <laughs> I don't I don't uh, usually find disease that way. But like uh, I find uh, international projects uh, like TV series uh, through edits, 
and even movies sometimes through edits I see on social media. So I think, um, I don't know how long they have been around these edits of uh, like series and disease, etc. But they have a huge uh, like power over audiences and they have like a huge uh, marketing power for uh, these projects, these diseases and series. And, uh, but uh, when we were chatting before uh, recording the episode, because um, our listeners uh, don't know this, but we uh, kind of prepare before recording and we uh, have a whole chat about what we are going to talk about. And sometimes we even uh, don't get to include them in the episode because like um, we can't remember everything we talked about. <laughs> but yes, like I... we said, like uh, the, uh, there's um, these edits sometimes can be uh, deceiving because you s- they show you the dizzy or the series in a different light. Like you see an edit of a dizzy, like for example, Yuli Chapkana, and you think it's a, it's, it's like, uh, it's a lovely love story. It's very beautiful. And the guy is handsome. The girl is beautiful. And the love seems very romantic, very swoon worthy. And then you start watching the dizzy and it's all toxic and crazy. And you're like, what is this? So like, um, like the so- social media and especially these edits, um, Credit to these people who are making wonderful edits. There, there are so many talented people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you all for your work. But sometimes these edits can be very deceitful in my eyes. Like uh, they, uh, because it's at the end of the day, uh, it's it's the that person's uh, view of the DZ and not the DZ uh, itself. <laughs> so yeah, I want to say a few words on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was say, uh, seeing a meme. I was telling Ada about it. And the meme was like a, a stack of books. And it was like how much I edit my favorite character. And then the, the rest of the meme is like a very small sliver of a book. And it was like how much scenes they have. And I think um, uh, this has really come up with second couples. Like we've, we've seen that a lot in different disease where people are get fixated on the couple or on a character that doesn't have as much screen time and they edit them and people get excited and they watch, start watching it. And they're like, wait, this is not the experience I was uh, promised. Uh, the show we talked about last week, Aldatnak, was that way. People started watching it thinking that the Benhan, the Aras Aiden char- character had much more um, range and that's not the case the same is happening with Yabani right now like the rise of the character Alaz the toxic twin brother and Asi the his the friend of the main character who's from the his uh, street street life um, they are starting to become very very popular and actually they had a scene that um, had a kiss scene um, that I, Ada I know you described it really beautifully would love to hear what you were saying about it um, and share it with others about what you thought about that kiss scene. Oh yeah, uh, the kiss scene in Yabani is, yeah. I think, uh, is a demonstration of, it's a demonstration of how if you build up to a kiss scene with the story, with the plot, if you build up to it, uh, showing us the layers of the characters, then it's it's a rewarding kiss and it, it is. It doesn't feel out of place. The kiss scene uh, between uh, the evil twin guy <laughs> and what was her name? Alaz and Asi. Alaz and Asi. Yeah, I'm terrible with the character names these days. But I, I, I watch Yabani. I, I really do. <laughs> now nobody will <laughs> believe me because I don't even know what the characters are called. But like the kiss was built up to so nicely that and also it was finished nicely, like in a realistic way, like when he because it was a forced kiss in a way, he p- pushed her to himself and kissed her against her will. Uh, but it was uh, like also as like the, it, the the fireworks was a great metaphor because they are like fireworks, they are destructive both. And it was a destructive kiss because she head bumped him at the end of the kiss. And she wasn't like, thank you for kissing me. This was a great kiss. She was <laughs> she was furious as she should be. But it was a great kiss and we could see their potential. And we already saw their potential. So when it's built up to 
a kiss, like the story is build, builds up to a kiss, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's like, in my eyes, it's a good kiss. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, by the way, about edits and, and uh, social media manipulating uh, um, a, 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 a viewer's opinion is about, like, I wanted to mention Safir, because, uh, like, a lot of people, I know there's a lot of, uh, like, people, like, the fandom is like Safir fandom is uh, divided into two and some people are shipping the girl with the brother, uh, the older brother, and uh, some are uh, shipping her with the younger brother, Yaman, I think his name is. Yeah. And um, I wanted to connect this to an interview I uh, watched the other day uh, with Demetros Demir, who was saying, Sometimes as actors, they receive a um, script and the character is uh, their character. The, the, um, the character that is offered to them is written in a certain way and they accept the project and they are uh, and this like dizzy is going on. And uh, in the course of shooting the dizzy, uh, the writers decide to change the character. Uh, like uh, they uh, and like they they didn't really sign up for it, but they have to go along with it. And it's uh, it's very um, it's very um, she she didn't like she was kind of she didn't want to complain about it. She said it in a very matter of, matter of fact way. But I think it it must be difficult for like if you sign up for a character like in Safir. I don't think Ilhan can be happy with what he's getting right now. I don't no. think that's what he signed up for. That's my concern. But of course, like he's an actor, he has a contract. They can't just, it's not very easy to just walk away from a contract. There are like, you are like binded by uh, financial things, etc. So also like uh, if you are not like, also it would be hard for you to get other jobs if you're not a very big actor like you are if you're not Kavanch Tatlatu or something mm -hmm. so um, yeah I th I wanted to mention that I wanted to mention Safir uh, because I think the reason the uh, course of the uh, uh, like story changed is because of reactions from social media because uh, they have to listen to the audience but I think sometimes they take it too far like yeah. please listen to us when we complain about a dizzy yes listen to us when we complain because when we complain it means that there's something wrong with your dizzy but don't listen to us uh, when we are just because we can have ideas I can ship uh, the cook with the protagonist like I, my mind can go there but please don't take everything into consideration. I can ship, uh, <laughs> I can ship the main guy uh, with the driver. I don't know. I could be, I could be queer. Like, uh, please don't take everything into account because uh, then the story uh, starts to become muddy and it starts to not make sense. And the actors are not happy with their roles, and I can see it. I can see it when they are not happy. Yeah. Uh, I can see Ilhan's unhappiness when I see there's like scenes. He's he's like walking on set with a cloud over his head, like he's not happy. And he's uh, I don't know, Ilhan, please blink twice if you are not happy. We we will come and get yes, you. We'll come rescue you. <laughs> Poor guy. He's like I'm just gonna stand in the corner and look hot. Like that's all I can do at this point. But. Um, poor, poor guy. Yeah, but does DZ, you know, and this is sometimes some something fans when they jump on something, um, it can be a two-edged sword. So I remember when Safir, they started doing this from the first episode. They didn't even wait for the story to develop. That they started like picking camps and people started creating hashtags and edits. And so I think the writers fell into that. What you were saying, this they started listening to the fans, but the fans didn't see the arc of the story they didn't see what what the plan was and they were just basing it as it was like a music video that they were watching rather than the story so anyhow yes Ilhan, I, well I will said. come back to 
I will come back to Turkey and go on a mission with Ada to rescue him from Cappadocia. <laughs> Very well said. Very well said. Um, yeah, let's come to what. Okay, we have already said what uh, we wanted to say about uh, what we think in general about intimate scenes. Let's talk about what, what we would like to see more of. Like, uh, for example, I want to see better love stories. I want to see better writing. Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, because uh, as we said uh, a minute ago, like when the characters are inconsistent and the story is inconsistent and uh, they uh, all of a sudden turn like uh, toxic, uh, we are kind of, we are, um, estranged from the dizzy like uh, we don't want to see it anymore we we uh, it's very hard to keep watching and this is the reason uh i after sonia's and marash i was not able to finish one dizzy like i'm not consistent with any dizzy i'm just i'm just watching a couple of episodes every week like maybe i'm more most consistent with kazilcik sharbiti but that's because probably because it's very like, like easy to keep up with uh but like uh other than that like i'm not i'm not interested in uh characters stories because they are inconsistent um what would you like to see more of uh i agree with you i would like to see more consistent writing and i would say ada the only dz that has caught my attention since marashla and sonia's in the same intensity has been adam farah actually like it's actually uh one that has been consistent um with its writing but one thing also um as you were talking about that and i recognize you and i are are saying um we don't like toxicity i just want to say to fans like we we recognize there's toxicity in life and we are not saying that we want rosy idealistic stories i think what we want is nuanced consistency like if someone's going to be written as a toxic character then write it with all the layers give it the character art give us time to understand that and also don't glamorize it and i think to me what i yearn to look uh to find in stories is something that i can lose myself in that i can feel invested in the characters and that i can see them consistent and so they become like our friends and this is at the end of the day why we go back to our comfort books or our comfort diseases when you feel you're invested they're your friends and you're going back to revisit their stories and and live and live in their world for a little bit and so that's what i yearn and would love to um, have more of well, hopefully we'll we'll get better, uh, yeah, better characters in general. Like not not better stories because we have a lot of creative stories going, yeah, uh, like going for right now. Like the 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 initial stories are always interesting, right. but yeah. like uh, I think they have they find it hard to um, be consistent with the characters. Exactly. Um, one thing we wanted to mention and we didn't was uh, the use of uh, uh, intimacy coordinators and I think the first time I heard of this uh, term was when I watched uh, I think first Bridgerton on mm -hmm. Netflix mm -hmm. and then I heard it a lot with normal people when normal people came out mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think, uh, like the inter uh, like for anyone wondering, I think the term explains itself. The the this is a person intimacy coordinator is the person who uh, works with the actors for the intimate and the director for the intimate scenes they are going to shoot. And I am not sure if disease have that. Like I don't think disease have a person who is dealing with intimate scenes other than the director and the uh, director of photography, etc. Uh, like uh, and I I feel like it would serve disease a lot to have an intimacy coordinator uh, to because sometimes intimate scenes feel really uh, okay when they feel out of place it's the, a problem with the story which uh, intimacy coordinator cannot deal with but when uh, the scene is being shot and some like uh there is an awkwardness uh, that's something the intimacy coordinator would be able to help with and um i think uh yeah uh, 
in a lot of things that I've watched uh, outside of Turkey, international projects uh, that have intimate scenes, uh, the chemistry sometimes is very, very realistic. Like it's, uh, you you are sometimes shocked to see, like I sometimes just keep like wondering how these actors can get in the mood uh, to shoot these scenes because it, it must be the most awkward thing in the world to like, even if it's a fellow actor and your friends, it, it would still be very hard to shoot a scene like that. So I think um, I think sets are improving, like movie sets are improving and including these type of uh, people to, to help with these scenes. Uh, and I hope this is also um, kind of like uh, got this kind of support from uh, invested in uh, intimacy coordinators. Yeah, yeah, they're Anything much needed. Yeah, they're much on that. Um, I think the only thing I would add, the only example I've seen that could have been, it's not an exactly an intimacy coordinator, but folks really thinking um about how to do a scene thoughtfully was uh, I read an email, uh, read an email, read an interview with Hilal Sorel who directed um Fatma Gul. And she was talking about the scene when Kerem and Fatma finally consummate their marriage after they've gone to therapy and gotten remarried. And it's the first time she's had an experience since her, her being brutally raped um, earlier in the series. And the way she filmed the scene is that she purposely, it was just her, the director of photography, the camera person, one camera person, and Berin and uh, Ingen who filmed that scene and they filmed it in such a way that they wanted to get the emotions across. And they spent like, it was like a whole day of filming and they, and it wasn't really scripted. She really like worked with the actors and left it up to them to film it in this way. And so I think um, if we can't do intimacy coordinators, if we can at least have um, some more thoughtfulness and some more time as we're doing these scenes, um, I think it would go a long way to get the message across like you were saying, Ada. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. And yeah. last but not least, we wanted to uh, talk about like, <clears throat> I was wondering, like, what makes a Dizian forgettable? And um, I came up with a formula. Perfect <clears throat> All formula. by myself. <laughs> yes. Amazing formula. And yes. it's, it's, it's like a perfect I wanted to call it the perfect three. I'm sure something like this exists in the, somewhere. I, 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 and I saw it, and I think it's it belongs to me. But anyway, uh, for like for intimate scene or kissing scene to be perfect, I think three things are necessary, and they are chemistry, timing, and location. So uh, we wanted to give, of course, if all three exist, it's great. But we wanted to also give an example, both Maha and I, for each of these um, from disease that we like. So for mm -hmm. chemistry, uh, my example, again, would be uh, a disease and the scene I mentioned before. And I also have an article on my blog about uh, kissing scenes that are all. Uh, and I will, we will as always include in our podcast uh, episode notes all the disease that we mentioned and also this article's link and there's also going to be a link to another article I think Maha wanted to include it uh, right I think yes. yeah on Basil.com there's uh, romance Turkish TV shows and romance trends mm -hmm. and anyway my example to perfect chemistry is Aishigul and Poiraz in the DZ called Poiraz Karayan. Um, as I said in that article, uh, they were uh, going out at the time. I think they like they were a couple. So they they really needed no assistance in uh, chemistry. Like they they just oozed it. Like and they had uh, great chemistry in all the kisses uh, and intimate scenes in that DZ. It also like the emotional ones as well, like some heart-wrenching scenes. So um, yeah, that would be mine. Mm -hmm. What is yours, Ma? 
Mine is um, two. One is uh, Ilgaz and Jaylene from Yarge. It's Khan and Pinar have a, a very, uh, their chemistry is just to die for. Um, they, I think when Sima was writing Yarge, she specifically wanted them after seeing them play as a couple in Ashk 101 um, off of Netflix. And um, they, what they perfected in their chemistry is, and, and I don't think a lot of this can be scripted, is just the way they are in, the intimate as a couple, like holding hands or 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 the way they um, look at each other or the way he kisses her. Or there are certain things where you sometimes wonder, are these people married off of screen because they do it so well? And somehow, um, while the Yarge um, uh, plot can go up and down, the consistency in their chemistry has been strong since day one. And so they're amazing. Um, the other couple I would say is, um, and I'm sure you guys are all going to be surprised when I say this, is uh, Jalal and Mahur from Arashli. I thought that they had wonderful chemistry. Burak and Elena played well off of each other. And I think um, the, the slow burn and the way this couple came together, um, if it wasn't for the, the actors and the way you could tell they really worked together and spent time getting to know one another and be comfortable the one scene I can that sticks out in my head, or actually the episode was episode three when they are in the cabin together, um, and there is a scene where they there's really no intimacy. There she's sick and he's reading her poetry, but the way the scene is filmed, the way they play off of each other, I think was more intimate than like ten sex scenes in Netflix. Agreed. Great, great examples. Uh, another important aspect is, is timing. And mm -hmm. when I say timing, it's um, again when uh, when the story builds up to an intimate scene or a kiss scene, it's very rewarding for the audience, for us as viewers to see it. Like uh, when we have been expecting it and it comes out of nowhere. Uh, and then a great example of this is in Karapara Ashk with uh, Tuba Bukustun and Engin Akurek, and there was this kiss. Uh, I can't remember the episode, but it must be the like first episode, one of the first episodes, uh, maybe in the first 10, where uh, we know that she has a crush on him and he kind of senses it, but he's a cop and she's kind of being, uh, she's not a criminal, but she's being, uh, I don't know, she, she accused of uh, theft or something like that. Uh, and, uh, she's angry with him and they're in kind of like a park and he's kind of following her. He's like chasing her and she's kind of uh, being impossible. And he just like out of nowhere, like he pushes her and kisses her. But it, and again, it's a forced kiss, but we already know that she has a crush on him. Like she's, she looks displeased, but inside she's like happy, we know, because she, we, as the viewers know, she likes him. And it's it's kind of it's a funny kiss, it's a funny scene, but it's also you are also like um, surprised because you were of of course we expect a kiss, but we didn't expect it then in that moment. So it's yeah. like I love it when it's surprising. So the timing has to be like uh, like very thought uh, well, and this was a well thought um, kiss. Yep. Yeah. Now you're making me like, I need to go back and rewatch this Dizzy. I haven't done that in a while. But um, the one I have in terms of timing is uh, Akin Akinozo and Bensu Sural in Tuzak. So they had also fire chemistry. And uh, throughout the Dizzy, what I liked about it is that, the, again, they had a built up. But the one I'm talking about is the scene is so she... I'm not going to tell the whole Dizzy story, but just to get, set the context for you all real quick. She is the daughter of the enemy that he's been fighting against. And he is trying to take him down. And throughout it all, she discovers that she stands by his side. But then she, people start messing with her in her head, including her mom and others, that he is really using her for the, the gain of his dad. And she always feels like, I'm going to be losing in this relationship once you get your revenge. Where am I? So she ends up, they have a fight and she leaves and he leaves because he has to go do something. And she ends up leaving. So she goes back to her apartment. She leaves. She disappears. And he comes back very angry, wanting to have a talk and communicate with her. And he wants to show her how much is actually not true. And it actually, the timing of it and the way that they played out the scene and the kiss was very 
um, intimate, very sexy. And then it turns into that they spend their first night together because of this. But the way they played it off and the way they had the conversation and throughout it, it was like they had a fight and you didn't know where it was going to go because usually the traditional disease, like they would have the fight, she would have pushed him out and they would both cry against the door on other sides and they play a sad song. But then what happened is they actually, it, it turned into a kiss that then uh, turned into an intimate scene. Yeah, that's that's a great way. It's like surprising the audience is a great way. Mm -hmm. And the last aspect, uh, important aspect of a perfect kiss is of course the location. And as far as locations go, what is more perfect than the pool kiss from uh, Gunishi Beklerken uh, with uh, Kerem Bursin and Hande Doandemir? Like I remember at the time, uh, like I was shocked to my core that they came out of the pool kissing. Like. Yeah. First of all, physically, I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> and second, I thought, I thought, like, how many times did they have to shoot this scene? Like, because it it could not have been done in one take. Like, and the dedication it takes to like uh, shoot a scene like that, and it's memorable. Like to this day, yeah. I can always uh, like I have a visual in my mind with that kiss, which is perfect. Like just what you want. Like uh, as far as like um, filmmaking goes, yeah. What yeah, are your I, uh, most memorable location kisses? Um, there's two in my mind. One is uh, the airport scene in Mar Ashley, and I think the reason why this is memorable for me is the scene when it was shot was in the middle of COVID, and um, it was they were the scene was more she was running to go to the airport, and so he was running after her. And it felt haunted because you could tell the airport was very empty, especially in the big airport like the Istanbul airport. And he runs through and then he finds her and he's trying to get her to be off the plane and she is refusing. And then he it, it's they kiss as a way of him trying to show his love. But even it though she initiates the kiss, he kind of goes all in. And it's the way they filmed it. It was like behind the glass. There's people getting on the plane. It was very artistic and a beautiful uh, kiss. And I just remember all of us were freaking out when that kiss came out. The other one, I didn't watch this dizzy, but this scene almost made me want to go watch this dizzy. It was in Ashkmantik Intikam when Ozan and Esra had a fight and they were leaving the office and it was raining. And then he pulls her in for a kiss. That one is for the books. Like the kiss was wonderful. It was raining. You had the crazy like third um, protagonist or the third party watching from a scene. And it was one of those, I'm like, whoa, I'm missing something. Maybe I should watch this uh, Dizzy. I never did. But that scene was, uh, I, I have to give it to them. It was one of the best uh, kisses in the rain I've seen. That that kiss was probably one of the best uh, uh, on-screen kisses of Turkish television. And yeah. uh, this uh, coming from someone like me who hates that Dizzy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, credits uh given when credits do so exactly we're fair we're fair um speaking of hate i think there is a random category we were thinking of and it's like sometimes there is fire chemistry even when the co-stars do not get along um i could think of three examples i don't know ada if you can think of other ones but um kara sifda um rumor has it burak and neslihan could not stand each other by season two and they were um really not getting along and that just shows their professionalism, like they had, they were one of the most iconic couples. The next couple is uh, Akin Akinozo and Ibru Shaheen from Herjai, um, also iconic, also by season two. I don't think they were on talking terms, but they had fire scenes towards the end, till the end. And the third is Jokan Alkan and Oiko Karayel from Kalb Atashi. And they even won like couple of the year from the Pantene, the, the gold, the gold butterfly awards, but apparently they didn't get along. And Ada, you were saying something about how uh, what you were hearing from Paul Miskell's interview and about professionalism and these scenes and how you think it might apply to this? Yeah, the other day I was watching an interview uh, with Paul Miskell about his new movie with Andrew Scott, uh, which is, uh, what was the name? Something anyway, strangers. like all, of, all, about, all About Strangers. Yes, yeah. All About Strangers. Thank you. 
uh, and he was saying like, uh, and the interviewer was asking him uh, like, how is it because this there is a gay romance uh, between uh, Andrew Scott's character and Paul Meskell's character. Uh, the interviewer was asking him like, how do you go about these intimate scenes? Also, he also had a lot of intimate scenes in Normal People with Daisy Edgar Jones. And he said that like, it's a different kind of acting, which is even a, for him, maybe even a, a not easier, but a more raw way of acting, which is you don't have a script to lean on or the, like a lines to lean on, but you act with your body and uh, your body is reacting to the other actor, which is uh, which felt very interesting to me because uh, like the interviewer was asking him to give advice to other actors or new actors or uh, like to, how to go about these intimate scenes. And that sounded a very, very uh, interesting to me, like how yeah. how we should, how like, one could look at it without like acting without lines, but it's still acting and just react, acting, acting is always reacting. So uh, acting and reacting to the other person's uh, like uh, body, which uh, made me see it in a different light, to be honest. For sure. And I think it gives good context beyond like, oh, they just hated each other so much. They had great chemistry because of it, but it gives it a, a layer of professionalism. So thank you for sharing that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anything else you'd like to add? I feel like we've been on a long uh, romantic journey. Yeah, I, I can't believe I can't believe we've uh just we've run out of things to say because it's it's because we've been talking before the episode so for anyone who's listening uh this is going to be like uh this is going to be our new format kind of yes. <laughs> like hope you enjoyed this um yes. we love uh like exploring these ideas in disease in filmmaking and in uh, content in general that we are consuming every day, like intimacy is a very important part of storytelling. And we love it because like we love romance, we love uh, romanticizing things, as we said in the beginning. But we also wanted to explore today how it serves storytelling. And uh, I think and hope we did a good job of it. And we would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, and I want to thank you for listening. Uh, Maha, I'll leave, the, uh, I'll leave it to you. Thank you. Um, Ada's giving eloquent thoughts. I've been thinking, can we get the Tarkhan uh, Shimra Kiss Kiss song to be our soundtrack for this episode? But joking aside, <laughs> um, joking aside, <laughs> yes. a um, great choice. Yes. Uh, we would love... Um, hearing your thoughts. We thank you all so much for the engagement that you uh, share with us and that you're uh, listening and giving us ideas and thoughts. You can find us on Instagram, on um, Twitter or X, whatever it's called, and um, with new episode links. And we'll see you in two weeks for our next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.